This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Tucker Smallwood from Star Trek Enterprise. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5. I'm your host, Brandon Shamutella, and today we are going to be continuing our crazy rewrite from last week. People are now unplugging their earbuds and going, ah! I, it wasn't that loud. I didn't peek out on my thing here. It's all, all good. Right. Our crazy rewrites are insane! <sighs> Lowest possible prices on rewrites! <laughs> Joining me, as always, is Brandy. How are you doing, Brandy? I am just as peachy keen as I was for the last episode. Thank you, Brandon. How are you? Good. And also joining us as well to continue, because we couldn't do it without him, uh, because we paid for him to be on, and now we got him two for the price of one. Bruce Gibson. Hey, it's so great to be back. I, we even got a listener email from our last episode. No, and... we didn't. Don't lie. <laughs> Well, yeah, they said it's. It sounds like a great episode of Enterprise, but it sounds like fan fiction. Oh, okay, yes, and that came from. It came from Dan Gunther. Oh, I don't know who that is? Oh snap, Dan! Why you gotta play Dan, me like that? I thought we were friends. That way. <laughs> I thought we were friends, man. We did, we realized that we were going long on our rewrite last week, so I pulled the nasty and decided to make it a to be continued. And uh, so we're actually just decided to record two episodes tonight, so we can keep writing. Because hey, we're cheap, like that. Are we cheap? Brady just gave me a nasty look. We're not cheap. I don't know what are we? Dedicated. Thrifty. Thrifty. <laughs> we're on sale. On sale. <laughs> two for the price of one. Our prices have been slashed. <laughs> It is. It's October. They're it's insane. October. A lot of our slashing. prices have been slashed along with our fiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and it's October. A lot of slashing yeah, so. going on. We are the Walmart of podcasts. We slash our prices. <laughs> oh, well, this is. It's no oh. longer October because this is actually going to air on November second. This one. Oh well, poo. Never mind. Oh then. well, if that's true, happy birthday to my daughter who's turned seventeen today. Hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday, daughter. <laughs> well, for your birthday, daughter number seventeen. 
<laughs> we have got a wonderful rewrite of These Are the Voyages that we're continuing from last week. And because we're recording right after the last one, we literally don't have any emails and we really don't have any feedback from the Babel Conference. So next week we'll have even more feedback, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, probably not because I don't know when we're recording it. Who knows what's going on? It's all timey-wimey. But... Uh, We've, we haven't really written much, unfortunately. We've kind of like been all weird and like had a tough time cracking the case, but I think we finally cracked it. So this is what we've got. So we, we're opening the episode with Spock as captain of the Enterprise D post insurrection, getting a recap of the Battle of Bajor where the Voyager's been lost with all hands. And we've learned that the Defiant's been lost as well with Cisco. And for the heck of it, they've lost uh, Tarek Nor as well. Archer has come to Spock to tell him that Future Guy has altered the timeline and extended the Romulan Federation War, thus delaying significantly this the signing of the Charter. And he needs Spock to come back to help him because these captains really aren't dead. They've really been taken hostage by Future Guy. Because not only did he want to prevent the signing of the Federation, he wanted to ensure that the best of the best captains in Starfleet uh, were not there to finish and, and continue things on in the future. Because had they been sticking around, then... I'm, I'm actually kind of writing this as we go here. <laughs> we didn't really talk about all this last week. But his justification is that had they still stuck around they would of course correct it enough that he still wanted to stop it so they've determined that they have to get to the guardian of the galaxy guardian of, the galaxy. <laughs> guardian of forever oh my goodness they we can work to... in the guardians of the galaxy into it could work. that would just be crazy <laughs> they have to work in the guardian of forever because somehow the guardian of forever is actually was created by the temporal cold war people and yes and so they got to rescue the best captains which if he i guess if he's around spock isn't one of them i guess <laughs> by by default i guess so, so wait 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 wait. so the guardian forever was built by the temporal cold war people That's sure what you said? okay yeah. i think we were talking about that at the end of the last episode there okay so it's involved with the temporal cold war somehow and so they they got to go there and use this because this is like a gateway, not only to the past, but to this alternate dimension where our captains are being held. What do you think about that? I've added that part just now. Okay. What if the Guardian of Forever was not built by the Temporal Cold War people, but when they found the Guardian of Forever, they somehow exploited its technology to create their portals to get into the past? Okay. Bruce? Does, does that make you feel better, Bruce? I, well, no, it's not that it, I'm just trying to play with the idea of the temporal Cold War people making the Guardian. Um, it's an interesting concept to me, but I, I kind of like to feel I like to think that the Guardian Forever was created by some other alien species that is unknown. Like, I like keeping it a mystery. Species Bob. Species Bob. Built yes. the Guardian of Forever. Right. But, I guess at this point we should say, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you probably should. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely should. Or at least the last two minutes of it when we... 
Because <laughs> the first 48 was like nothing, I guess. Just and if you don't like what you're hearing so far, don't listen to the last episode. <laughs> it's the same stuff. And if you don't like it, it's because we got Bruce on. Oh, right. no! Right. Literary tracks. <laughs> no. Remember, if you want to avoid me, don't listen to that. Do, do not throw Bruce under the bus. No, I will no. not well, have Patrick's it. not here. I got to throw somebody under the bus. Well, throw me I can under take the it. bus. I can take it. Mm. Mm. I take umbrage I like this. I like it when you throw Patrick under the bus. It's entertaining to me. <laughs> he deals Excellent. with it so well. That's why I asked to be on the show. I was like, I want to be thrown under the bus, too. Oh, and we made your dream come true. Excellent. Right on. Excellent. Is this like the roast of Bruce Gibson now? <laughs> I guess so. How did we work that into the episode of Enterprise? <laughs> We, 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 I don't know. We don't. I'm uh, future guy. There we go. You're future guy. You've been future guy the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's a Trek FM host that's future guy. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know all this stuff. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you have the knowledge of all the books too, so you can really screw with canon. That is true. But we should probably get back to the story. Yeah, sorry. Let's do it. <laughs> It's not even my show. Let's get this on the right tracks, people. Come on. Thanks, Let's thanks do this. Bruce Teacher this, Gibson. This is what we do here. We go off on tangents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so they get to the Guardian of Forever because this is going to be a, a, a gateway. Like Spock does some techno babble to say, look, this is we got to rescue them from this temporal vortex where they're, they're they've been taken and. I know how to do it. The Guardian of Forever is the way to do it. And I can just do the techno babble, techno babble, and open up this portal. Okay, so they're on their way there. Okay, now okay. what? So Archer, Archer and Spock are on the bridge of the Enterprise D. This is like the greatest episode of Star Trek ever. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on the bridge of the Enterprise D. And yep. they beam down to the Guardian forever. Does anything happen on the way? They're uh, attacked by Romulans. <laughs> sure. Because the timeline's falling apart. Because mm-hmm. it takes it's the Romulans who took over Bajor. All right. Yeah. Instead of the Cardassians in this timeline. Okay, that works. Because the thing is with changes in the past is that it kind of. It could ripple through time before all of the changes take effect. And so for a second, you still remember that old timeline, and then all of a sudden you're in a new one. It's time. Mm-hmm. Wibbly. I I don't know why, but as you guys are talking, I'm now thinking of yesterday's Enterprise. <laughs> Needs to fit into this in some capacity. Oh, we can't get too crazy. Because <laughs> it involves the Romulans. Okay, so the Romulans attack the Enterprise D on the way because everything's just craziness and because archers in this timeline is the reason that the attack has to happen now right you know they always talk about those things like well why didn't they just do it here what like like with the borg right in first contact why didn't they just go back in time in the delta quadrant and then fly to earth right so rather than flying all the way to earth and then going back in time where the enterprise can stop them right so you know, like it's a kind of a big plot hole. So the reason why they have to do it here is because Archer is here and the temporal uh, future guy has sent them to this point because future Archer is here. And again, this is future Archer from the 20th century. Right. 
Right, right. Okay. Future Archer from the 20th century. Exactly. Right. Yes. So, do we want to go crazy and kill Spock in the battle? Uh, it doesn't matter if we do because this timeline's going to not exist soon. Right. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So, no, I say no. No? Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. So, let's not do that. Because, yeah, they, they kind of do that in tropes when time travel and people die and stuff. Like when Riker died in yesterday's Enterprise. So... I think Spock needs to be down on the Guardian planet with a tricorder, letting Archer when he ne- letting Archer know when he needs to jump. Okay, right. Okay, sounds good. Um, okay, so they get down to the planet after the battle. So they so they have a big space battle. It's nice and actiony, and you know the studio execs would love it. And uh, they they get down to the planet and. Where does it send him? So once Spock has made these adjustments to the, the to the temporal guardian of forever, where does it take Archer? Because I think it's got to be Archer that goes back to save him. What do you think? Yeah. I almost have the idea that it would be like you think they failed and it jumps into some weird thing that doesn't make any sense. Like jumps him to... Like in Shockwave, it you know he he woke up and it was pre Broken Bow, right? Oh right, yeah. So what if it was something like that? What if it was? What if he woke up and it was? It would have to be right before the Romulan War, right? Is that what we're thinking? That Archer goes through the Guardian. I don't know. He can't go back to his own time because then he'll be two play. There'll be two archers, right? Well, no, because in broken when in shockwave there wasn't two. When Daniels took him to the, or when he went to the past, there. But the guardian works differently. True. Or does it? How about if, if Archer goes through the guardian and saves Edith Keeler? <laughs> oh, and then That's Hitler rises to power and. The Third Reich wins, and then we have okay, the man so in the high castle. And then, sorry, this is the idea I'm thinking. What if, what if he wakes up? What if he jumps through, and he wakes up on the camping trip with Hernandez from home? Oh, season four, yeah. So early season four, right after the Zindi arc. What if that's when he wakes up and he realizes something is wrong, and he's got to convince that, like some of the events of home play out, but he's got to convince. Hernandez to help him out and he's got to kind of recall everybody back like you know to Paul is about to get married right and yeah. trip is on Vulcan but he's got to he's got to take the enterprise because the enterprise is now getting repaired after the Zindi war but what if the enterprise is like really damaged and he's got to take this enterprise right and get his crew to help him now and now it's now it's Archer and his crew saving the day. Okay, so let let me play with something with that. So yeah. let's pretend that after we're past season four and through the temporal cold war, someone removed Archer from the timeline and set him inside this temporal cold war because by removing Archer from the timeline, the Federation will lose the Romulan War, thus okay. preventing the creation of the Federation. So Archer has been fighting the Temporal Cold War within, but has not been able to get back to the point where he was removed. 
And it's through the Guardian of Forever is the only way that he's able to return to the point that he went missing or sometime shortly thereafter. And when he returns, he finds the crew is dispersed, like you're saying, and he has to get them all back together to write the timeline the way it was supposed to be with them going into the Romulan War on the Enterprise and saving the day. Okay. Then how do we get him saving the captains? I don't know. <laughs> Fair. I like that, though. Okay, so yes. So let's say maybe this is, so the time period here is season eight, then. Is that what you're thinking? Sure. Uh, Yeah, sure. It could be somewhere around that time, yeah. So dead center in the Romulan War kind of thing. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, season seven or season eight. Okay, so then, so he, okay, so Spock sends him back to this period of time, then. And he gets back and he lands. Um, I like the idea that it takes him to this camping spot. So maybe Hernandez is not there, but it takes him there because that's a special spot for him. Okay. Right. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, the it, Guardian sensed that. So he wakes up on Earth and he goes to Starfleet headquarters and they're all like, you're dead. You're gone. We thought you were all gone. And and uh, and whatnot. Do we want T'Pol to be the captain of the Enterprise at this time, then? I think that that's... Because I like seeing T'Pol in the, in the Enterprise outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that she should be, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay, so then... So now that he's back in this period of time because of the Guardian, um, what if we do a little bit of retconning here? And more... In, the reason why he went to Spock is because Spock has had the most experience with the Guardian. And we learned when he was talking with Spock that that Spock took a special interest in it as well. And throughout his career in Starfleet, because because of City on the Edge of Forever, because of yesteryear, Spock has taken some special interest in it and he's studied it more. They've found that this is actually not the home planet of the Guardians. Um, it's somewhere else. He gives that information to Archer and... They've got something crazy where they, this this home planet of the Guardians has actually got a gateway large enough that a ship can fly through. Oh, wow. Okay, and so Archer has to go through that, take the ship through it to get to this temporal reality where the crew is. But he's got to have his crew with them to save the day. So they've got to go to the Guardians' home planet, fly through the gateway to get to this temporal anomaly and save the crew by battling it out once and for all with Future Guy. I hate that saying. Is that a lot? No, it's once and for all. Let's hear it. It's way too often. Way too often. Okay, so the Enterprise is going to the Guardian of Forever planet. Home but planet. There's a, a home planet. But there's another gateway, a but larger it's a, one. Large, large enough that a ship can go through it. So why hasn't this larger one been detected before? Or is it, this isn't the planet where the Guardian Forever is. This is a separate planet. Yeah. Separate one. This actual from home the people of the who Guardians. built the Guardian yeah. on another planet. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I would think that they would probably have pretty advanced technology to not be detected. Yes. So, and maybe Spock figured it out, but he kept it quiet because he didn't want people to know. Yeah. Because Spock's good at keeping secrets. Yeah, because he might. Yeah, because his experience, like you said, with the guardian, he's able. He knows about this other location, this bigger gateway, but isn't telling anyone, including Starfleet. Yes. He's always kept it a secret. But he's told Archer. He returns to his time. He gathers his crew. They take the ship through this larger guardian gateway, 
mm-hmm. and to fight future guy. But maybe now this is the time where they're going through the gateway to correct the other timelines. And that's when they encounter Cisco and correcting his timeline and Janeways and Picards or whatever. So now we have the NXO one and that crew confronting the other captains or do they go and rescue the captains who were removed from the timeline to place them back into theirs? See, it's weird because when I say rescue, like I'm picturing this, they're sitting like in a jail cell somewhere. I'm like, that doesn't, <laughs> I know it sounds boring. It's like anticlimactic. Like, but I, I can't think of what else they would be rescuing them from. Like we need some kind of cool science fiction thing here. They're in temporal jail. Temporal jail. They can't communicate with anyone. They have no resources to create any kind of way to escape or communicate with anyone outside. They're basically in a void. Okay, they're in a void. And I've got a great idea for the finale of this that'll just mind bleep everybody. (laughs) Right? So, they're in this void. Okay, so so they've jumped through the Guardian, the 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 ship-sized guardian, and they go into this void. They, they've mm-hmm. they've adjusted the coordinates. Spock's told them how to do it to jump into this temporal void, which is where they are located. And this temporal void is kind of like the Nexus. Yeah, I was thinking Nexus yeah. a little while ago. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. so... And it's kind of like the Nexus, so that's it's just some kind of temporal void where they don't quite realize where they are. Right? Yeah. So... They're on whatever kind of adventure, but... Maybe they don't even realize who they are, either. Like, workforce? Well, no, it's like, you know, they're, they're put in this, this nexus-type environment, and they're, they think there's somebody, you know, like, their minds have been messed with, and they think there's someone else, and they're like a family all living okay. together. This is <laughs> becoming an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. I have I have another idea, too. Let's keep that idea. But I had another idea. What if you were going to remove them from the timeline, and what if the if future guy sent them all captains back t- to the past, 25,000 years in the past, to Bahala, and they live there, and they can't okay. ever get oh, back? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, I like that. Yeah, and that's why Cisco has a connection to the prophets because in this timeline he was taken back to Bahala and that's where initially he had interaction with them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, it's fine. Let's go with that cuz we got to write this this darn episode here. We'll be here all week. <laughs> we'll hey, we'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> okay, so they're in the past. So they're they're in some type of temporal vortex, but they're also in the past, and they can't get out of it because they don't have the technology to get out of it. Bang. Right. Yeah. Okay? They just don't have the ability to get out there. They're all stuck together on Bahala in the past, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's where Archer ends up going. He's targeted this in the past to get them out of there. And so they rescue them. So they use they've got to use all their ingenuity as a as the crew of the Enter- the Enterprise NX01 to rescue them. I don't know. Do we have to write this part? Because I don't know if I can write that part. Nah, we'll just um, techno babble it. They techno babble it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they, they try up. to create a device to do whatever, and it doesn't necessarily work. And we find out later that that device took on another way of doing things and created the Borg. 
eventually. No. <laughs> no. No. Calm down there. We already wrote Rain that, that horse in. Nice try. Rain that horse in. Um, <laughs> we, um, I, I don't know. At this point, I would like to also make the determination. I would like to show who Future Guy is. What do you think? I, I've been thinking about that. We need to identify who Future Guy is. If this is going to be the final Future Guy, then we got to identify him. Okay. Right, and I don't want it to be silly. I don't want to be like, "Oh, it's it's uh, Estelle Getty from Golden Girls," you know, or like. Although that would be great. Dang it! I was gonna say Dorothy, but I don't see none of that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. P. Arthur would have been so great as Future Guy. <laughs> B. Arthur as Future Guy, or at least as Mod. I don't. I could go with that. Okay, so. Who do we have? Who would we have as a crazy? Oh, what if future guy was Tolian Soren? Hmm. Wait, what? Go because I just that idea. We just said that. What if this was like a Nexus type thing that they were in on Bahala? Oh, okay. Okay. And I love Generations, so I'd be okay with bringing it in. So what if all of the temporal Cold War ended up being Tolly and Soren trying to get back into the Nexus? So he has to. He feels like he has to prevent the... Because if he prevents the Federation, then Picard won't be there to stop him at Viridian 3. And he would have... Yeah. He's just crazy enough to think that. I can see that. That would work. I like that. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Is that too crazy? No. I never thought of that one. That's a good one. That's that is completely from left field and I like it. Okay, because and the reason why I thought of this is because my final thing is with this final battle and whatever destruction of this this Nexus like environment that they're in causes the nexus so and then it just made me think of soren and then i'm like so his whole goal to try and prevent starfleet so that he could get into the nexus is a temporal loop that causes him to get into the nexus and it causes the nexus to occur and puts him on this never-ending temporal loop and it's like bad news for soren my brain just exploded and ran out my ears if this was an episode, I would be screaming at my television saying this is way too much fan service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But we'd be eating it up for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So then I, I I want a fist fight between Malcolm McDowell and, and uh, Scott Bakula at yes. some point in this. I want, I, I, will, I will definitely be on board for that. See, this, this to me is a bonkers love letter to the fans. Yes. Okay, so should we do a recap and then tighten it up, or what do you think? I'll I'll start recapping the episode then because I think we might have something here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see oh. how we do on the recap and see if we need to change or or polish anything. Okay, so the the episode opens. It's a two hour episode, two hour finale for Enterprise. The episode opens with Captain Spock on the Enterprise D, and he's getting. He's getting reports of the Battle of Bajor. And, you know, the Defiance lost 
Voyager's lost. We've lost all these captains. We don't know where Captain Picard is. He's gone. We don't know quite what's going on there. But all of a sudden, Archer appears on the bridge of the Enterprise-D and tells Spock about the Temporal Cold War and tells him that he's been stuck in the 20th century and he's come back to Spock because he's figured out a way to set the timeline right. And it involves Spock because he's so familiar with the Guardian of Forever, because he's taken a special interest in the Guardian of Forever, because he's been through for City on the Age of Forever and Yesteryear, plus a bunch of adventures that we don't know, like some more history that he's had with it. Um, he, he gets Spock to take him to the Guardian of Forever and help him to go back in time to set things right, because Spock knows the Guardian of Forever the best. On their way there, they have a big battle with the Romulans who have been sent there because Archer is now in this timeline. Future Guy is sending the Romulans there to fight to try and kill Archer, but they don't succeed, obviously. They get to the Guardian. Spock sends Archer back in time with the Guardian, and he wakes up in what would be season seven or eight of Enterprise, and he wakes up on where he had went on his camp camping trip with Hernandez because it's a special place. And he goes to Starfleet Command. They're all surprised to see him because they thought he was dead. And he explains to them where he's been and what's going on. And he's got to bring the Enterprise NX-01 out of mothballs. He's got to get his crew together because they're his crew to help save the adventure. And they go to the actual Guardian of Forever creator's planet, which Spock knew the location of. And in orbit of this planet, there's a, there's a ship-sized uh, Guardian of Forever for them to fly through. And Spock has given them the instructions to, to take them to this temporal, this temporal sinkhole that's been created by Future Guy to house these Starfleet captains. And it's, it's this temporal void, and it's on Bahala 25,000 years ago. Which is Bahala's in orbit of Bajor. It's a it's an ancient city around Bajor, and so they they fly through, and they they techno babble the techno babble. They get the the captains. They save them. They get they get Kirk and Kirk and Picard and Janeway and Cisco all on the on the bridge of the Annex One. They're all doing what they do best while they're on the bridge, and it's very exciting. And while that while this saving is happening archer meets face to face with future guy finally and we find out that it's tolian soren and tolian soren has done this because he wants to prevent starfleet from happening so that he doesn't get ripped out of the nexus so he's done this whole temporal cold war as a way to get himself back in the nexus by never having been taken out of the nexus and we get a nice awesome fist fight with uh with archer and tolian soren and um something happens where they end up killing soren and they blow up this time vortex and this time vortex is actually the creation of the nexus itself and the nexus shoots out away from bajor twenty five thousand years ago and wow when that happens time is restored they take them back to the Guardian and send them back to their proper timelines, and everything's good to go. Oh, no, actually, no, we finished the episode with the true signing of the Charter at the end of Season 10, and the final scene that we see is our four captains from the future watching the signing. And the last line is young Kirk, because we've determined he's from Season 2, turning to Cisco and saying, you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you ain't hear a triple in the background. Anyways, two bonkers, or is that pretty good? Uh, I think it makes These Are the Voyages look like a masterpiece now. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Bruce, so mean. Uh. It sounds like a great ride, but it, it's, you know... I don't think Discovery's going to be calling us for the writer's room because I think it is a little much fan service. Man, is... that is better than every episode of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, <laughs> I think not. Mm. Maybe not magic to make the Sanders man go mad, but definitely the other 14. <laughs> well, it's been great being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> is there any other changes we want to make to the episode or do we think that's it? You guys are quiet. I think you don't like this episode. No, it's it's it's, it's very complex. It is complex, like, but at least it doesn't thing, have people acting out of character. Well, okay, so that gets what where I was going to go, and that is we have the ba- basic structure of the story. Now you need to write character moments, and not just hey, don't you look familiar? But I mean, it's like you know. <laughs> Real character moments of like maybe between Trip and T'Pol and where their relationship is, and you know, I don't know the relationship that the captains have with each other. Maybe they get along, maybe some don't get along. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they all think Kirk is too arrogant and they don't like him or something. You know, who knows? You know. So what if so we could have like the B plot going on of the captains trying to escape this temporal vortex, right? So they end up not being able to do it, right? But we could have a B-plot of these four captains as well. Yeah. Yes. Working on their smarts and figuring things out. And Picard's the one who figures out what's going on. And Picard figures out that it's Soren, right? Mm-hmm. Picard figures out that they're in a Nexus-like event. Okay. Okay, because he's he's familiar with it. So then this is maybe post-generations for him, his timeline. Oh, is he going to tell Kirk he's dead? No, because it's season two Kirk, right? Maybe season two Kirk. <laughs> just or kidding. Or season three or something. Yeah, I was kidding. That was a joke. Yes. He obviously wouldn't mess with the timeline in that way. Well, the timeline's already been messed with, so he's probably like, well, what does it matter now? Yeah, because they're trying to put the timeline back together. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they're trying to put it back the way it was. Uh, back in, put it well, back I in think this is just crazy enough. I think it needs another rewrite, so we should rewrite it again next week. Oh, no, all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Silly. No, I don't know. Is this? I don't know. I think it's good. I think this is pretty good. I think this is a fun rewrite. It's it's just bonkers and off the wall, and and it's a better ending to the series than uh, these are the voyages. I think it is, and it's a love letter to the fans because it's not just next generation point of view. It's our characters' point of view. Yes. We've got the acknowledgement of all this Star Trek history, right? Yep. With all these awesome things. We got the D, which is like the you know, the, the big ship that people love. We got Spock in there a little bit. We got the Guardian. We're like acknowledging all these like awesome moments in Star Trek history. We've got Bahala, right? With things like this. So we got like important things that have happened in throughout the Star Trek timeline. We got the most important next generation movie represented with generations. You know, the best next generation movie with generations, right? Right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it's like it, my head really is spinning because, I mean, not just with the story, but it's making me think of like other ideas <laughs> that won't fit into this. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool this and that, right. whatever. Write them and down I, for I later. Think, 
Yeah, well, I keep thinking about when we saw Daniel Daniel's take uh, Archer to the Enterprise J, mm-hmm. and was witnessing. Wasn't that? I mean, I can't remember exactly what they were doing. They were fighting a war or something. Yeah, it right? was like in the future, and the um, um, <laughs> I hate when I have a brain fart. Um, they were they were fighting the 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 sphere builders yes right yes yeah. they were finding so the what i'm thinking and i mean this isn't fitting into our story but the idea of daniel's taking archer doing that same thing and taking him to the d to witness picard fighting the romulans and janeway dealing with the Romulans, you know and cisco whatever da, 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 taking those different times and even kirk and showing you know archer this is what the timeline's supposed to be like this is what our dealings with Rami. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just anyway, I'm just, it's just another idea. It doesn't fit into this story. But it's just well, it a would be more direction. to flush it out and give it to that two-hour length. But it's hard to do that in an episode rewrite like this. I think in in these rewrites and these plots, we just kind of hit on the major plot points, right? And I'm not saying this would fit in. It's just another idea for another story <laughs> similar yeah. to this. Well, and and yeah. that's the thing because you can do so much if you involve Daniels because that was the whole point of taking. Archer into the future of the Enterprise J's to say, look, they're fighting the sphere builders and look, these are Zindi who have now joined the Federation. So yeah. Showing mm-hmm. him that the Federation's important and so are the Zindi. Excellent. This is awesome. I love this. I think this is great. I think this is a good ending. And I think it was just appropriately off the rails. And, uh, and I didn't even yes. try to work Shran into it. Aren't you proud of me? Who? Yeah, Shran. I didn't even try to work Shran into it. Oh, and because of this, there's always one thing that's not quite right. This has completely eliminated Shran from the timeline. You son of a motherless goat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and we even got some wonderful patron bonus content. Yes. Exclusive content. So for those that are listening to the episode, there's a nice big chunk in the middle that we took out that you will never hear unless you become a patron. Of Trek FM. True. And that's pretty funny. It's quite interesting. <laughs> Excellent. That, that's a word for oh. it. <laughs> I, I, t- I tip my hat to it. You tip your... Oh, dear Lord. Uh, well, talking about the <laughs> awesome love letters to Star Trek fans is not the only thing we've been doing on the network this week. So please take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Bahala FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Earl Grey... However, one thing Everyone's I do Everyone's going to sing the song, Everyone Join Me. Life Force. No, I will not join you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Where however. are you? <laughs> Meta Trex. Speaking of character, I always found it interesting how many ways Q manifests himself, the characters that he takes on. We see him as a Starfleet commander, a Bajoran waiter. We see him as an alien captain. Uh, this this is just a, a man cosplayer. This is a man of many faces. Who knew Q was such a theater geek? The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. I felt like I was in a Vegas casino and the bling, bling, yeah. bling, like it was the jackpot. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? How is she affecting the replicators and that's throwing food out? I've never seen a replicator throw food out. 
Melodic treks. Well, it was definitely about a lower budget. There was no question that we could not afford Jerry Goldsmith. And later, by the time we got to do Star Trek VI, we couldn't afford Jamie Horner. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. That's like 10 stars this episode is worth. Absolutely 10. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link as well. Or you can get it from all those places because this episode is so good that you need to have multiple copies of it. Uh we think we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. That may not be true when it comes out, but there are many ways for you to do that. And of course, join in the larger conversation on the Babel Conference, which is our listeners group on Facebook. Go to Facebook, type Babel into the search field. It should come right up. It'll probably be the first result. If you would like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select us here at Valhalla. No, I mean at Warp 5. That will come right to us. And you can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. And if you like the episode, it's because I wrote it. And if you don't, it's all Bruce's fault. I'll take it. I'll take the credit for this wonderful episode. <laughs> Excellent. Bruce, where can people find you when you're not trying to kidnap Captain Picard, Captain Janeway, Captain Kirk, Captain Cisco, and get back into the Nexus? Well, you can find me at Bahala. Uh, we don't have social media yet there. Do you have so Starbucks? There's no way. We don't even have Starbucks. We have nothing. We have dust. <laughs> That's dust. all it is. It's just dust and just some big thing in the middle of the place with this writing on it and that's it but uh, can we get rack to gino there you, we have a version of it yes an early version of rack to gino okay well, I'll, I'll i'll check it out but you're not making it sound too good but i do write in the sand there and i it's like a way i tweet in the sand uh, and other people write their comments under it in 180 characters and i always sign it as admiral underscore rex on the Bahala Twitter. And then you can also find me on Bahala doing a podcast called the Star Wars Report, talking about Star Wars, because that exists then, because it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So we whoa, know all whoa, whoa, about it. Don't cross it. in the streams, buddy. So, and then we also, I'm on the show. Enough stream crossing here with the episode we just wrote. Like, holy smokes, man. And then I do a podcast that talks about Star Trek fiction. <laughs> And we're very good at evaluating what, what's good and not, and it's called Literary Treks. <laughs> Would you give this episode the stamp of approval? It's called Literary Treks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the cover. I'd like to judge this plot by its cover. <laughs> I want it. I picture, because I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the back of your, a New Hope poster there, and I'm yeah. picturing Archer like up like this. <laughs> And behind him is Tolian Soren, right? And at his feet is like T'Pol. T'Pol. <laughs> exactly. 
No, put trip down there. That's the cover. Does it get the stamp of approval? It, that gets a stamp of approval. And you can also you find gotta send me, me that audio clip. With Brandy on Live from the Edge. Where you talk about Discovery, which 14 of the episodes are not as good as this one. <laughs> hey, no, we do a live show about Discovery the day after it comes out. So, yeah, check that out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And we're on YouTube. You get to see us. Oh, yeah. And our glory. I wear it's makeup really and wonderful. everything. It's great. She wears makeup. I don't. Yeah, you don't but have that's okay. to. That's okay. But you, can, you might see Bruce's tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the tattoo I don't have. After this show, I might go get one. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you can find me in the Babel Conference lurking around. Excellent. Brandy, where can people find you when you're not roaming the forests of Earth? in this eighth season of Star Trek Enterprise thinking, wait a minute, why does everybody think I'm dead? <laughs> I think that a lot just normally. Uh, you can find me on in the Babel Conference at, from time to time. Find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. I am on Life from the Edge with Bruce, as he already mentioned. I do a podcast with my wonderful husband, Dave, called the Dark Corner Podcast. You can find it at darkcornerpodcast.com. And that's pretty much it. But, uh, Brandon, when you're not busy breaking my heart by writing Shran out of the timeline, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network with Melodic Treks, which is all about Star Trek music. You can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom. And over there we talk about Alfred Hitchcock films with my podcast called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. You can find me in the Babel Conference every once in a while, and I'm also poking my head up once in a while on the on the Cinematic Sound Master Feed with my show Breaking the Waves, which is all about electronic film scores. Well, that was a whirlwind. Two hours of writing, because we just did both of these back-to-back, and that was basically two hours, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey, 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 hey. You didn't talk about the We patrons. have some patrons. <laughs> so... I would like uh, to thank the patrons out there. Those patrons who are graciously listening to our show, which is their own personal nexus. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. We have the wonderful, wonderful Norman C. Lau. We have the stellar Floyd Dorsey. We have the amazing Mike Morrison. We have the wonderful... Tim Cooper. We have the majestic Justin Ozer. We have the macho Mark Flessa. We have the uber, uber, uber fantastic Chris Tribuzio. And we've got the king of all kings, Jim McMahon. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. We do. We appreciate all your support. We definitely couldn't do it without you guys. We really appreciate your support of the network and Warp 5 in particular. Thank you so much, guys. Well, is that it, Brandy? Uh, yeah, except uh, we want to mention that if you would like to become a patron of the network, then you can go to patreon.com slash checkfm to get the details, and you get uh, perks and stuff like that, because we work hard to bring you all of these shows each week, and we really appreciate any support you can give us. Excellent. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Thank you, Bruce. Until next time. Keep calm and boom on. <laughs> <laughs>